Good morning, Cornerstone. How y'all doing? Oh, man. I am so glad to be here. I absolutely love coming to Phoenix, Arizona in June. This is great. Like, whoever calendars and invites me out this time of year every time, I just want to give you a nice hug uh, and choke you to death. Man, it's hot out here, dude. And I know it's cliche to come out here and talk about how hot it is every time. I know it's been done before, but come on. Hell is like on the thermostat outside. Like, that's a real option. I was in my hotel room. And I was like, you want to go outside? The temperature is... Siri said, I said, Siri, what's the weather like in Phoenix? She said, hell. I said, Siri, you ought to be ashamed of This is a Christian phone. She was like, that means you ought to be ready for Jesus. Because if you go into Phoenix... You need to be ready. The book of John chapter 15 is where you can find me today. Book of John chapter 15. Begin reading at verse 1. John chapter 15. We'll begin reading at verse 1. Hear these words of our Father. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Uh, he cuts off, and I, I, and I know, I know people are still looking, but... I only got 33 more minutes left to preach, so y'all just got to catch up, man. I'm sorry. I hear pages trying. I feel bad for you. If this is my church, I give you time to look and find the passage so you can read along, but at Cornerstone, they don't care nothing about that. They like, you got, you got 33 minutes. They find it or not and put it up on the screen. Is it on the screen? It got it up there, so let's read along. I'm sorry. If it was my church, I'd take time. I'd talk to you. I ain't got that kind of time today. All right. I'm down to 32 minutes. Great. All right. Uh, verse 2, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Friends, let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for your word. Uh, I thank you for... Uh, our brothers and sisters who are uh, watching in Santan. I thank you for our brothers and sisters who are in the overflow. Uh, those that are watching online, Spirit, would you meet us there? Uh, the five o'clock service that's watching, Father, I pray that your glory would dwell in the midst of us all right now, Father. May we experience the, the abundance of all that you have for us today. I pray that you would tune our ear to your voice so that we might hear you ever so clearly. Father, uh, turn our hearts toward you so that we might experience the fullness of all that you have for us. It's to that end that I ask that you would stand in my body, think through my mind, speak through my vocal cords, those things you'd have us say, know, and do. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, you are my strength. You are my redeemer. Have your way in this great church today. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I, I, I love to tell this story. Uh, I am a fuller uh, seminary student, although I've got some professors that would take issue with the word student. Because, uh, you know, you, you got those kind of people, and, and no disrespect, but, you know, you got those kind of people that 
you know, they, they go to school and they're all studious. They're like, these are the type of people, y'all know the type. They, they get the syllabus and they, they read it. Uh, <laughs> they look at all the dates when the assignments are due and they make little goals and they set little tasks to do the assignments on time. You know what I mean? You, you got those kinds of students. And then you got me. Uh, some, some lesser think or thinking people would refer to me as a fly by the seat of your pants, irresponsible, just kind of, I, 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 I take, I, I don't receive those kinds of negative connotations. Um, I, I, I like to say that I am one that loves to live by the spontaneity of the spirit of the living God so that when he responds, I can respond with him in that moment. Uh, any other spontaneous people like me? You know? Now, 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 let's just tell the truth. Living this lifestyle, uh, it gives way to what I like to call some awkward moments. Uh, uh, so, so it's not uncommon for me to walk in the classroom and see everybody got a paper on their desk. Oh, we got a paper due today? Oh, I'll be right back. Uh, so, so, so I've had those moments. So I'll never forget this day I'm sitting in my, in my study and my, uh, my, my syllabus falls out of my bag and it just happens to fall on this page and I see I got a paper due next week and I know about it early. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the spirit of the Lord has provided me an opportunity, you know? So y'all, I do this paper and I, I do it and I, I do it and I turn it in early, which never happened. So I, I'm just not going to, I'm not even going to lie to y'all. I was arrogant. I was confident. I went and I threw the paper on his desk and said, professor, you ain't got to grade that jack. That's an A waiting to happen. You know, <laughs> I just walked out, man. I just, it, I just, so he, he's passing the papers back out and I get mine and I'm not even looking at mine. I'm just looking at everybody else thinking, man, if it's, if he grading this on the curve, I put the curve through the roof on this bad boy. This is, man, this is good. So I finally look and I see front already. He says, great content. I'm thinking, I know. <laughs> you ain't got to tell me. I wrote it. I know it's good. You know, they, they don't put the grade on the front page. They put them like the very back page. So you got to flip through. So you flip through and I look, big red letter circle. F, wrong assignment. <laughs> In our text this morning, Jesus is talking to his disciples. Uh, and there's a word that he says over and over and over that we have to pay attention to this morning. Uh, he's speaking to his disciples and he says, Remain in me. Remain, remain, remain. And you think about it. Now, he's talking to his disciples. These are his boys. These are the ones that have been hardcore. These are the ones that have been following him. These are the ones that know all the rules. These are the ones that know the law. These are the ones that have seen the miracles firsthand. If anybody knows to stick with Jesus, it's the disciples. But nine times he, uh, he admonishes them, remain, remain, remain. And I begin to think about that. Made me think about my own life. Because the reality is, friends, I fear that many people will stand before God one day. Will stand at the gates of heaven and he'll say, great content. You did everything right. You followed all the rules. You were at church every Sunday. You, you, you did every, I mean, you, you crossed every T and dotted every I, but you get an F. Depart from me. 
because I never knew you. Because you spent your life fulfilling the wrong assignment. The assignment was you never to, the assignment was never for you to do everything right. The assignment was for you to know me and for you to be known by me. The assignment was to remain in me. Friends, many of us are in pursuit of doing all the right things. I mean, come on, y'all came to church at 9 a.m., which is, you know, hey, that's pretty Christian, you know what I mean? Although in Phoenix, I mean, in Chandler, it's probably the wisest thing to do before the sun gets real cooking. Uh, you know, it's like, I'm getting in and getting out. <laughs> but don't get caught up. And I want us to hit the brakes to this morning, and I want us to slow down, and I really want to think about what does it mean to really know Christ? And are we pursuing something that ultimately causes us to miss the real assignment that God has given us? It was never about church attendance. It was never about reading my Jesus calling every morning. It was never about me making it through my devotionals. It was never about me following all the rules. It was never about me doing everything right. It was always, always, always about this idea of remaining in me and me remaining in you and we being made one together, having this intimate relationship with Christ, this intimate relationship, this intimacy into me, see, into me, see, see, into me this place where I am and you and you are in me and we are one. Nothing is hidden. All is known and all is well because you are in my presence. This, this idea of remaining. He says, I am the vine. Don't get it twisted. I am the source. I'm sorry, twisted. Don't get it in, uh, disoriented or dis, dis, disconfigured in a way that would misappropriately show a picture that is not realistic. Don't get it twisted, he says. He says, I am the source, I am the vine, remain in me. Let me be your source. The first thing I want to talk about is what does it mean for you to remain? Remain, remain, remain. In the Greek, the idea here, the word is meno, is meno. It, it, it's the idea of to remain, to stay with. Uh, uh, Jesus uses the word abide, which comes from the word abode, which means home. It's the idea of what does it mean for you to remain in the place with the intent of making it your home? Not coming to this place in God and not looking at God and this place in him and this relationship as somewhere I visit, someplace I consult, or someplace I call in when I get in trouble. Uh, I want to be in the presence of God on Sunday, but last night I was in the presence of twerking and breaking it down and dropping it like it was hot. Um, do you understand what I'm saying? I, know, I, I, I can tell some, twer- some twerkers in here. I can see on your face. You... He looked like a twerker. He want to twerk right now. He says, he says, what does it mean for you to make this your home? Recognizing, and, and what, this is what makes it home, is knowing that there's no place better. Knowing that there's no greater place, what does it mean for you to make the presence of God, this place in God, your home, to remind, remain in him, knowing that there is no place better? It, it, there's nothing out there greater, there's nothing out there that's better than the presence and the purpose and the promises of God. What does it mean for you to remain there? Some of you are sitting in this room right now today and you're living outside of the presence and the promises and the purpose of God in your life. 
You know it because you've visited there before and you know where home is. You know where that place is, but you've, you haven't made it your destination. You haven't made a commitment to remain in that place. Hear the warning coming from Jesus. Hear the warning coming from the passage today. He says, remain. Because there is the risk that you run, that you may stand before God one day and he may say, yeah, you, you had a great life, but you missed the purpose. You missed the assignment. The assignment was always about you remaining with me because I will always remain with you. What does it mean for you to remain this morning? What, what does it mean for you to remain today? The idea of remain, the idea of to stay with me, it implies that there is a place that you had to leave. It, it implies that there's another place for you to be. The second thing I want to talk about this morning, first I want to call, I want to cause, call you to this place of remaining in him, this abiding, this abode, making your home in him. The second thing I want to call you to is to remember the truth about where you left. Remember the truth about where you left. The idea of remain means that I left somewhere. The second thing I want you to do is remember the truth about where you left. <laughs> when, when, we, when we come to God and when we come into this relationship with God, usually we leave baggage. We, we leave a past. We leave struggle. We leave sin. We, live, we, leave, we leave these lustful desires. We leave the desires of the world. We leave those things and, 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 and we come to this place of God, this presence of God. What I want to talk about, though, is you can be in the presence and still be distracted by your past. You, you can be in the presence and still be distracted by your past because your past will position itself to look like this attractive, beautiful thing and you will begin to miss and long for at best what was dysfunctional in your life. I'll say it again. You'll begin to miss and long for what was at best dysfunctional in your life. Y'all not getting it? Let me help you. Um, I call it the, uh, the Taylor Swift theology. Uh, the Taylor Swift theology. If Taylor was here, uh, she would use her prophetic voice and she would declare uh, a truth something like this. Um, and we will never ever get back together. We will never ever get back together. Taylor, dear sweet honey, um, if you ain't gonna never, ever, 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 ever get back together, why are you still singing about him then? You ever thought about that? If you so over him, why he get a whole song? Like he get a whole song? You gonna sing a three verses and a chorus to this relationship that was dysfunctional? You didn't like it. It was a, you wanted to get away from it. It's so much so that you declare that you'll never ever get back together. But now you traveling all across the world singing about him and this dysfunction. It reminds me of us when we come to Jesus. We're still consumed with the dysfunction of our past. That we find ourselves like Taylor, I would argue, uh, uh, you may have broken up, but you're still together. Because if he still got that much of your mind and that much of your voice, that means, that means he still got that much of you. What things in the world still got you? What, what are the things in the world, what are the struggles, what are, what are the places in the world that still got you? 
that's still holding on to you, that's still got your heart? Where are the places of dysfunction? Some of us, some of us, and, and I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I've been married to my wife for about 11 years. My wife is beautiful. My wife is fine. I mean, if I think about it too long, I have to get on the plane and go home right now. Like, like my wife is hot. But have you ever been like out in the mall somewhere, uh, guys especially, and saw like a, or, or ladies, and saw like an ex, saw like an ex-girlfriend or an ex-boyfriend? And you just had to stop and praise the Lord right then in that moment. Because you look at him and be like, Lord, that could have been me. <laughs> look at that. That could have been me walking around. Look at her husband. He don't even look happy at all. He just look like he look at him. He just, her kids don't even look happy. They just all look bad. Lord, that could have been me. Thank you for bringing me out. <laughs> what are those things in your past that still have you? The struggle. Does the pornography still have you? Does the insecurity still have you? Does the bitterness still have you? What are the things that still have you? And if you're not careful, you will longingly look back to what you used to do, who you used to be, and be tempted to leave the presence of God for a cheap imitation when you got the real deal in your own heart and in your own life. Do, do you see that? You, you would be tempted to go back to this place. It, it's it's, it's kind of like this. Sir, come here. Come here real quick. In the orange. In the orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Come, here. come here. Come here. Come here. Yeah, yeah. And then, sir, you come here real quick. Come up on the stage real, real quick. Yeah, like I got 17 minutes left. Come on. <laughs> it's, it's like this. It's like you, you, sir, you just stand right there. Just stand right there. All right. And what's your name? Jack. Jay? Jack. Jack, what's your name? Kyle? All right, so it's like Jack, stand right there, get on the uh, blue carpet, because the blue carpet is so Santan can see you, because after, after, the, after the black carpet, Santan can't see you. So Santan, I got you. You got there. Welcome. That's Kyle right there. You didn't see him before, but there he is. Boom. All right. So it's Jack. So Jack, me and Jack do all this stuff in the world together. We got this past. We got this history. We do all this stuff in the world together. And we go out and we party together. We go to clubs together. We party together, we go to clubs together, you know what I mean, we party, we, uh, we drink together, it's drink, drink, oh, you drink like that, okay, okay, you drink, okay, okay, all right, I'll just say, I'll just uh, smoke together, you know, yeah, yeah, like that, okay, I can tell you did that before. So, we, we do all this stuff, but then I get, I, my life, I, I give my life to Jesus Christ, and then I'm transformed. Then I got to say goodbye to this relationship uh, that, that's been a part of me. That's who I am. I got to say goodbye to this because it led me away from the presence of God. It led me away to this place of unhealth, to this place of dysfunction. All that I was created to be in my image in the Imago day, it would take me away from all of that. So I meet Jesus one day. Uh, uh, Kyle, Kyle, is that your name, Kyle? Okay, come here, Kyle. You represent Jesus. All right. I meet Jesus one day and Jesus takes my hand. Take my hand. All right. Jesus. Oh, manly. I like that. That's going to be all right. Jesus takes my hand. He transforms me and he brings me and he woos me to a place. Woo me, Kyle. Woo me. Woo me. Yeah, there you go. He woos me to a place of wholeness, of redemption and restoration. And in him, watch this. I receive the abundance of his love. Just give me, just give me an abundance. Yeah, there we go. I get it. I get an abundance. I get an abundance of his love. Watch this. All right? You see this? Watch this. Now stay in there. Stay in there. So watch this. What happens is if we were to tell the truth 
even in all of this goodness of Jesus right here, uh, uh, Jack, uh, Jack come, come here, come and just tap me on the shoulder. Jack, come on, come on. Jack will come in your past. Your past will come. Watch this, but here, here's the thing. I love it because although it's there, I'm so consumed with the goodness of God, I don't even have room to, to turn around because Jesus says, if you remain in me, I'll remain in you. And watch this, I'm going to try to turn around, but I ain't even going to be able to. See, look, uh, 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 see, see, watch this, watch this. Because the love of God, it's so powerful and it's so beautiful, it's able to keep you. What's happening back here? So the love of God, he's able to keep you. And if you get to a point to where I'm so consumed and so in love with this, how could I ever go back to that? You know what I'm saying? Do, do you see what I'm saying? It's like this, I hear the words of the 90s prophetic group uh, speaking when they said, um, you can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. I think I'll get with this because this is where it's at. Engine, engine, number, no, 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 no. So, Jesus says, he says, Remain in my love. And I want you, before you leave here, I need you to remember the dysfunction of this relationship. And you will be tempted. Because watch this. Some of you think that when you come to Jesus, Jack disappears. Oh, just disappear. Just go away. Just do. Just go. Like, get down. Like, just like, yeah, you go. Yeah. You, didn't, you weren't very good at hiding and go seek, were you? Okay, okay. Some of us, some of us, we just think that it's just going to go away, but it, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. What, what Satan used to try to lure you, your mama away, to try to use your daddy, lure your daddy away, he's going to use the same thing on you. That's why they call it generational curses. What, 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 what he pulled you out of, he's going to try to use to bring you back into. 100% guarantee. He ain't going to leave you alone. He's not going to leave you alone. But, but, but don't be, don't, don't be, don't fear. You don't have to be afraid of that because, because the greatness of God, watch this, watch this, watch this. Wherever Jesus takes me, watch this, let's go, let's go this. Wherever Jesus takes me, Jack is going to come. Come, come with us, Jack, come with us, Jack. But I'm not worried. Uh Uh-oh, sorry, black carpet, black carpet, black carpet, black carpet, black carpet, black carpet. Santan, we right back, baby, we right back. We ain't going nowhere. We right here, baby, we right here, right here. So, listen, listen, so watch this. Jesus is able to keep you even in the midst of distractions, even in the midst of other stuff, Jack, just kind of dance around. Just try to like lure me. Try to distract me. Come on, dance around. That's not very luring. How long you been married, Jack? <laughs> so, so, so here's the deal, and here's the picture that I want you to see. Everybody, pause. Pause right there. Just leave that up right there. All right. Uh, there you go. Like you're telling me to come here. There you go. Like okay. that. Okay. Like that. Yeah. Although. 
This is what I want you to see in your life. This is what I want you to begin to think about. I want you to think about the fullness of God that's present and ready to hold you and to keep you. And what does it mean for you to make this your home? And secondly, what does it mean for you to remember the truth about Jack? The truth about your past. The truth about your dysfunction. Because Satan will use your past to try to lure you back. But you need to know pornography never did satisfy you. Your insecurities never did anything for you or for anybody else. The bitterness is causing you to rot at your core and you're not getting anything out of it. So you are better off letting it go than holding on to something that will ultimately kill you and make you bitter and callous to God. What, what, what does it mean for you to remember the truth about sin and its dysfunction so that you might remain in God and in the fullness of his grace and beauty and splendor. Amen? Thanks, guys. He says, remain. What does it mean? Make, make your home in me with no intention of leaving. Make your home in me knowing that there's no other place greater than in my presence. Make your home in me. Remain in me. Remember the truth about your past so that you don't go down the path of dysfunction only to find yourself unsatisfied yet again because the world can never satisfy the appetite that God has created in your soul. Only he can satisfy the deepest longings of your soul. And third and finally, uh, remain, remember, Third thing, here it is, receive. Uh, Jesus says something that's almost, I mean, he, he a trip, man. He says something in this text. He says, he says, I'm going to cut off all the dead branches. And I'm going to prune the branches that bear fruit. Well, at first glance, you think we just, I mean, great. We're going to cut off our, our great, great. That means I ain't got to worry about getting cut because I ain't got no bad branches, right? You're like, whew, that's good. And then he says, no, 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 but I'm a prune. Well, what does prune mean? Ain't prune just another word for cut back? So I'm still going to get cut, Jesus? Is that what you're telling me? He says, he says yeah, but I'm just, I'm just cutting with a different purpose. I don't want you to spend your Christian life fighting and fearing the cutting back of the Lord that happens in your life. Because the, the pruning, here's how it'll show up. It'll show up and it'll be dressed in crisis, discouragement. It, it'll be dressed with setbacks. It'll be wearing problems when it comes. It'll be wearing stuff that, that you can't control. It's kind of like Paul. Paul says, I had this thorn in my flesh and I begged God to take it away, but he didn't. And you got to know Paul was no weak link of a man. Paul was like a hard dude. Like Paul, people talk about Paul's preaching. Paul's preaching, eh, it was okay. As a matter of fact, you know, to be honest, Paul was kind of a boring preacher. He wasn't the best preacher in the world. I mean, Paul, Paul was so boring, he's preaching one time, and there was a guy sitting in the window. Paul was preaching. Paul was so boring, the guy fell asleep, fell out the window, and died. Now that's a boring sermon. That's a boring sermon. But the boy was so powerful, Paul went downstairs, laid hands on him, raised him up from the dead, and said, come on back upstairs. I got two more points in the poem. Let's go. <laughs> so he was powerful. 
So this pillar of strength, you got to know when he's begging Jesus to take this thorn away, you got to know it was painful. But you know what he said? Jesus said, my grace is sufficient. And finally, Paul says, I get it. It's only in my weakness can the perfect strength of God show up in my life. So I learned to rejoice in my pruning. I learned to rejoice in my setbacks. I, we had a rose garden and they told, me, they told us that uh, every, a couple of times a year you have to intentionally cut the roses, uh, I think about three inches back or something like that. Uh, so, you, so we had to cut the roses. But to, to me, it didn't make sense. How, it don't make sense to me. If the roses are growing, let them grow. We want them to grow. He says, no, 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 no. They won't grow healthy. They won't grow well if they're not intentionally pruned, cut back several times a year. I guess what I want you to know is that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you will be pruned. You will go through hard times. You will experience dark days. Trials will come to your house. Hell will find your house, ring your doorbell, and say, hey, I've come to stay for a little while. It will happen, but in that, don't fear. Because the sufficiency of God's grace shows up in your crisis, shows up in the pruning. So you'll never be able to receive fully the grace of God without receiving the pruning of God. So I just want you to get your hands ready to receive the grace, but just know that it may show up with prunes. This is the part where I lose the room because we always want to be about the God who blesses me all the time, the God who blesses me with good stuff, I come to tell you, he blesses you with what we will call bad stuff. He'll bless you with the doctor's report and the medical condition. He'll bless you with the setbacks with your children. The crisis on the job and the money being signed, he'll bless you right in the midst of that. So I don't want you to give too much credit to the problem and not give enough credit to your God. Your God is bigger than your problem. And be ready because in the pruning and in the process, he may not change your situation. He might just change you. And if he changed you, then as long as God is in the mix, you can make it through the situation. Get your hands and your heart ready to receive the pruning of God. Jesus says, I am the vine. You stay with me, I'll stay with you. Don't be distracted by the things of your past. And please know that my hand filled with love and care and compassion will come into your life and I will cut things back. I will bring your heart back to a place where it desires one thing and one thing only and that is to be in my presence. Get your hands and your heart ready to receive the pruning. Because it's only in the pruning can you experience the sufficiency of God's grace. Paul says, I get it. Only in my weakness is his strength made perfect in my life. If you want to experience this perfect strength of God in your life, it shows up in your weakness. 
that moment when you put your head to pillow and you cry yourself to sleep because you can't fix it. That moment when you come in as the husband and as the father and saying, I can't make it happen. I can't pull it off. I'm overwhelmed. I'm beyond me. That moment as a single person, when you get down on your knees and cry out to God and say, God, I can't do this by myself. Those are the moments, those moments that we look at and we try to hide the moments that we look at and we don't want to tell anybody about those moments where we pull and we go in secrecy. Those are the moments, those moments of weakness where God's strength flexes in our life. His strength is made perfect in our life. He loves those kinds of moments because it gives you an opportunity to be a son and a daughter and it gives him an opportunity to be a loving father who is God, who is all powerful, who is all in with you and for you. Only in those moments. only in those moments where we can receive in the midst of brokenness the grace of God in our life. Would you do me a favor? I want to do something. I want to, would you just close your eyes and bow your heads in the overflow, Santan, even if you're watching online, you're sitting there in the five o'clock service, just, just, just bow your heads right now, all over the room. Your heads bow. You say today, Albert, I am this idea of remaining. I haven't been in his presence. I haven't been in with God. I've visited him. I've consulted him. But it hasn't been my home. I haven't found my home, my resting place in God. He hasn't been my salvation. He hasn't been my source. If you say today, Albert, I want to move from running to remaining. Yeah, yeah. Some of you today are running. If you're sitting and you're watching this and you're running, you're listening online and your, your life, you feel like you're just running. Today, if you want to stop the running and start the remaining, I want to do something. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. If you're in this room and you say, Albert, today I want to remain. I want to know what it is to be found in him. If that's you, I want to pray for you. I want to ask you to do something. It's going to require a little courage, a little boldness. Whether you're watching or you're in this room right now, if that's you and you say, I want to remain, I want to stop the running and I want to start remaining. If that's you, would would you just stand up right where you are? Just stand right where you are. Just stand right where you are. I've been running long enough. I'm tired of running. Today I want to remain. I want the salvation of the living God present in my life. Today I want to start running. Santan, right where you are, just stand right where you are. If you're listening online, just lift your hands and just, just stand right where you are. All in that room right there, five o'clock service right there, you're watching right there, just stand up right where you are. Some of us, we're, we're in the arms But if we were to tell the truth, we keep looking back. The power of our past is dominating our relationship with God. Here it is. If the power of your past is dominating your present and compromising his presence in your life. I'll say that again. If the power of your past is dominating your present and compromising his presence in your life. 
and you're ready today to remember the truth about what was and to stand in the truth of who is in your life, if you're ready to make that transition, if that's you, just stand right where you are. If that's you, just stand right where you are. I'm sick of living in the past. I'm coming out of the past. The bitterness of the past, the unforgiveness of the past, the lust, the desire. I'm sick of looking back. I want to look forward. Finally, some of you, hell has come into your house. Some of you, your marriage is going through, your family is going through, you as a single person, you're experiencing difficulty unlike anything else. But today you're ready to receive the grace of God, knowing that he may not change your situation, but you're ready to receive what he wants to change about you in the midst of your situation. If you're ready to receive the grace that comes with the pruning, <laughs> you ain't got to be ready to receive the pruning. The pruning is going to come either way. But the question is, can you receive the grace in the midst of the pruning? If you're in the process of pruning right now in your life, if that's you, just stand right where you are. Stand right where you are. You say, Lord, I want to receive the grace in the midst of this. I want to receive the grace in the midst of this. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your spirit. God, I pray, I, I love it, God, in this passage, we don't do the work you do. Father, in this passage, we, only, we are only required to do one thing and one thing only, and that's to remain. Just stay here. We don't have to fight off our paths. We don't have to fight off temptation. We don't have to fight. We don't have to guard up and be in a battle. All we've got to do is remain. All we've got to do is stay. So by the power of the living God, by your grace, may we find sufficiency in you, Father, and may we remain. May we be found in you. May we be lost in you. May we be so consumed by you that we'll remember the truth of our past and we'll receive whatever comes with being you. That means pruning, we receive it. Setbacks, we receive it. Destruction, we we receive it. Father, as long as your grace comes with it, as long as we get your grace, as long as we get your spirit, as long as we get your sufficiency, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God, you are with me and I will remain with you for your glory in my life. In Jesus' name, every heart said amen.